Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sonny D. Also, thank you again so much for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast. All right, it would appear winter is here. Uh, It is covered uh, in snow here in lovely Winnipeg, Manitoba, or as we have our alias Winterpeg, Manasnoba. (laughs) And that's probably why I don't get too many comedy gigs. But nonetheless, uh, it is uh, winter time here in Winterpeg. Uh, And I said this on the last episode, and I'll say it again. Kind of a nice way to be introduced to winter because you get all the shitty parts in one time, you know, to kind of lead you in. It's not too, too cold out. It's not too blizzarding, but you get that kind of experience of heavy downfall, wet, heavy snow to move. So a nice little break in into the winter rather than this uh, kind of, uh, you know, gradual, gradual, and then just boom, right? So we get to see it now, be quickly reminded like, hey... You have about seven months of this shit uh, coming your way, so uh, let's uh, make the most of this. But nonetheless, I love winter time. Uh, again, you get to have nice warm belly food, as I like to call it. Uh, you know, just that stuff that just makes you feel all nice and warm-bellied and makes you want to sit and watch TV. But of course, I do try and stay active during that time regardless. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, also, it's hockey season and skating time, so that's big for me. Uh, I do love skating. I love watching hockey, playing hockey recreationally. And part of this whole getting back in shape thing, um, skating and playing hockey have played huge roles in that. Uh, So don't want to understate or undervalue that at all. Anyway, let's get into this. Uh, I wanted to talk, uh, we're about a week into the NHL season. So talk about and kind of recap a little bit what's happened, some some storylines to follow, uh, even some things from last night, just talk some hockey today so i think we can get right into it uh we're into the season my beloved winnipeg jets have to start keeping the puck out of the net uh that seems to be a problem i think they've surrendered four or more goals in every single game this season that's a lot of fucking goals and i think they maybe they're trying to play that firepower game And they're tweaking with the lines to be like, look, defensively, we are going to be weak this season. So we need to win games and we need to win them by those high scoring margins. That could be part of it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Their back end did get completely depleted um, this offseason. So the Jets are looking to kind of try to find other ways maybe to stay relevant, to compete in the Central Division. They are 2-2. It is their home opener tonight. Um, I imagine Connor Hellebuck will be getting the start. Uh, it would it would send a bold statement if Laurent Brassois got the net. And and I have nothing against Laurent Brassois. Laurent Brassois is a phenomenal goalie. Don't get me wrong. He might actually emerge as one of the best, if not the best, backup goalie in the NHL. And if the two of them are on their games, it could be one of the t- uh, first times in a while we've had a 1A, 1B type situation in net. Uh, which I'm not opposed to seeing. I think it has worked in the past for teams. And you look at teams that was part of before, pre-cap, 
you were seeing teams move to that direction. They were like, hey, we can afford two decent goal, two really good goalies here, pay them decently well, and then neither one of them gets too tired. They're both playing. A great example of that was Manny Fernandez and Dwayne Rolison back for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, that's how far back. And Detroit was doing it. Uh, but again, we live in a different era, so it's not as easily done. But... Winnipeg might have a chance here uh, to do that, but they're still 2-2. Two two. They still have two wins on the season, so they're not doing horribly. Uh, but it's interesting now, uh, after during, I think it was the last game, uh, Patrick Laine is up on that top line. And, and, you know, it's funny because I think if they do it, the way they're trying to position maybe is you have a 1A, a 1B, and a 2 as your top lines versus having a one, two, three is they're trying, as I said, maybe match offensively with teams and just win higher scoring games. That could be the case why the goalies find their way. That could be a strategy, but line is up on the top line. I've, I do still stand by. I think Kyle Connor is the more complete player and maybe that's why you have to move him down to the second line is allow him to help that talent out. You know, let Wheeler and Shifley do what they need to do to bring out the best in line. A, so, again, I'm not opposed to this. I don't think it's a demotion in any way. If done right, it's not really a demotion at all. It's just a reshuffling so that they can have an even attack, right? So you're not forced to rely on the bulk of those minutes coming from just one line. You have these multiple levels of threat. So it'll be interesting to see how the Winnipeg does. I predict I don't think they get in the playoffs this year. But, again, Paul Maurice is a brilliant guy. He's been around the league for a long time. Maybe he can make it happen. Uh, but And we're still early. We're still early and they're not doing too badly, so I'm not throwing in the panic towel just yet. Uh, I think Ottawa, I mean, they're probably going to be the worst team this year. Uh, but some of the things they've talked about or that has been going around the league, though, is, of course, looking at how new free or the fr new signings and the, the unrestricted free agents in various markets, how they've responded in their new markets um, and some of the free restricted free agents, how they respond to getting the deals that they have. Matthew Kachuk... Uh, I think it was part, they were interviewing him, and he's a great example of this, of kind of saying like, hey, you know what, it was about finding a deal that was fair for me, but was also going to make it work, right? Keep this a team that everybody wants to play on, try to keep us all together here, you know, and sometimes you do have to leave a little bit on the table to help out, right? And, I mean, he got very well compensated, uh, and will continue to be very well compensated. So I don't think, I'm not too worried about Matthew Kachuk at all in this deal. And I think, but it is that mentality, right? Of look, we need to make this work here and try and keep as many of you around. Look at Boston, look at their long standing relevance and being contenders in the Eastern conference. You know, there are certain structural models that need to be observed to make these things work. And this is just one of those things, right? So Regardless, I am very, um, so I'm optimistic there in Calgary. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, the goaltending situation there a little bit, um, how that shapes up. They lost Mike Smith. I think Dave Riddich is probably their number one goalie now, from what I understand. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, steps up to the plate. Uh, Calgary's goaltending was phenomenal at the end of last season, from what I remember. So uh, things to look forward to there. Edmonton out of the gates strong. They're three and zero. It's a big bounce back year. Basically, I think with Connor McDavid staying, then bringing him James Neal, he's kind of saying, "All right, I'm giving this another try here." And I think, yeah, you know, when you look at the Oilers, they have pieces in place to make it work. And sometimes it is just finding those right pieces. 
that right mix of talent to get the most out of everybody. That is a big component of being successful in the NHL and bringing out the best in players. Uh, McDavid seems to be bringing out the best in Neil. Neil bringing out the best in McDavid. Uh, McDavid's the best player in the game. I think, period. I think there's nobody's really going to debate that at this point. Um, there are certain you know value aspects to it, but truly when you look at those outstanding generational talents, the thing that sticks out is the ability to make those around you better, right? And you look at that in any form of, you know, worksmanships where there's multiple people involved, right? The best actors know how to bring out the best in their castmates. You know, they make their best, they make their castmates look as as great as they can. Great example is Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber 2 with Jeff Daniels and, um... Jim Carrey, and whilst I never devalue or decredit or discredit uh, Jim Carrey's uh, contribution to the movie, um, there is something to be said for how amazingly talented an actor Jeff Daniels really is. Um, and this is a guy who bring who's able to get that most out of Jim Carrey and allow Jim Carrey to put on what some people feel is is one of the best, if not the best, comedic um, performances in a movie. You know, it's one of the legendary ones, right? You look at these, you look at that Al Pacino, you know, there's this movie coming out, a Netflix movie, The Irishman, which I'm super excited for, uh, with Pacino and De Niro and Joe Pesci. And they're saying, you know, Joe Pesci is the one that steals the show. Great actors have the ability to allow and bring each other out to bring out the best in each other and allow, hey, this is the one that had this one, right? Create those debates. Mick David makes people that he plays with better, right? Both on both sides of that ice. So generational player there, best player in the game, Edmonton flying out of the gates. But one of the big storylines has been uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and his struggles. Now, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it's not looking good in Florida. And uh, sometimes they talk on these sports shows and they talk about, is it time to hit the panic button? I don't know if it's time to hit the panic button per se, but I can tell you right now it is not looking good um, for Florida. I mean, they do need, Bobrovsky needs to get it together a little bit. And I mean, there have been times where he's come out of the gates um, a little slow. Uh, Remember, he is used to having to, I mean, pick up the bulk of the workload in Columbus you know, this wasn't a team where, oh, it was a balanced goal. No, 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 no. He was the guy, and their fates very much uh, rested in his hands. So, again, there you go. Uh, the Sergey Bobrovsky situation. I was having a good conversation with this about, uh, about this with my buddy Nick. And we were talking this. Not all players in any sport are created equally. You know... Uh, I've listened to a lot of things about Ezekiel Elliott and his contract negotiations with the Dallas Cowboys this year. And I'm saying he want quarterback money. You know, I want quarterback money. I want wide receiver money. And Jerry Jones finally said, you know what? I can't do that, but I can get, make you the highest paid running back. You can get receiver money, but you're not getting quarterback money. That is just not fucking ha- Not today. Not today. You are not getting quarterback money. So he gave him uh, the uh, idea there, and he gave him, uh, so he's the highest paid running back. And rightfully so. Zeke is Zeke. The same thing can be said in the NHL. 
And uh, we talked about the and, and and one of the things the Knicks said, and I, and I agree with, you can't go paying your goalie ten million dollars a year, not in the salary cap era. And this is one of those situations where, I mean, is the goalie a little overpaid? Probably, but that market price might be a little bit high on goalies. You know, and there's a bunch of the there's a, there's a few of those goalies that are in that elite you know nine ten million dollar range there's a few there's a couple of them and it does hurt the team you know maybe the goaltending price is you know lower the goalie has to take a little bit less to build the team in front of them you know and i look at these guys that may you know as goalies you know there's a there is a sweet number there in four and a half to seven on the high end there is a sweet spot convergence in my opinion in those numbers and i'm not here i'm not i'm not gonna debate myself on this but i think that is a very important thing now of course i'll try and get nick on the show here to discuss this more but there are certain positions that yes you take less an example is mitch marner or any winger wingers are not going to make centerman money unless you're alex ovechkin you're not making centerman money that's just not happening. And at the time, it was centerman money for Ovechkin. Now, I mean, he, on an AV, maybe not. But still, there's there's different monies for different positions in different sports. And I get it in Montreal. Carey Price is the guy. He's your franchise face. Lest we forget, Carey Price has never played a game in an Eastern Conference Final or later. It's just never happened. When he got, when um, they got eliminated uh, the first time when they went on that run where they eliminated uh, Washington and Pittsburgh in uh, consecutive rounds, it was Jaroslav Halak was the goalie. He was the goalie that, that year. And lest we forget the last time the Canadians made it to the Eastern Final, what happened there? Price went down with injury. Now, all of a sudden, uh, who was it? Dustin Tokarski, I believe, had to step up to the plate and play. And we saw how that happened. And no, and 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 that's not a shame on Tokarski. It's not a cut-up of Tokarski, not Carey Price. And, I mean, these are things that happen. These are out of Carey Price's hands. But there are no cups. There are no Stanley Cups. Right? And Carey Price is on that other side of 30 now. I mean, it ages me. Don't get me wrong. It ages me as well. I'm on that other side of 30. He's on that other side of 30. Without a cup. I mean, that's where you have to be thinking, okay, what's going on here? And I think, with all due respect, as a, and, and it's tough coming from me, right? It might even seem a little bit hypocritical. But again, on the same right, I preach. Sometimes you just have to take a little bit off yours to make room for everybody else. You know, and I knew, and, and I've played that in net where I'm the guy. I'm the guy being brought in, or I am the guy. And other times where you're not. Yeah, you're grabbing more bench, and I didn't like that too much, but it happens. Grab some bench. Hey, Sunny D, yeah, grab some bench today. Okay, bud? Right and, you, and and it sucks and you think your coach hates you and I mean sometimes they might who knows but it is what it is 
right? But you have to leave a little bit something on the table, I think. And I think that's one of the challenges of the league and understanding the cap era and maybe understand that on a league-wide basis here. And maybe when you see guys like Jordan Bennington, yeah, he got a significant pay raise, but I think he's still in the four-point-something million range. He understands, hey, I just want a fucking cup. If I want to keep winning cups, something has to be left behind, right? Something has to be left on the table. And, I mean, this was a guy that, what, started the year fifth on the team depth chart? Right? So, understanding is a big part of it. And I think it just has to be explained. And that could be something we see a little more of in the NHL. Who knows? But that's a, that's something to watch for and keep in mind here is that, again, maybe there is a little bit of overpayment at certain positions. Speaking on the goaltending subject, uh, Carter Hart last night for the Philadelphia Flyers recorded his uh, first career NHL shutout. Uh, so uh, way to go, Carter Hart. Uh, I've, I have zero NHL shutouts under my belt. Um, just like I have zero NHL games, but, uh, nonetheless, I remember my first ever shutout and the amazing experience. I can only imagine what it would be like at the NHL level. So congrats there on Carter Hart, uh, which is actually funny because he did play games last year in the NHL. So, I mean, it just goes to show you how hard the job is, um, especially with the equipment tweaks and whatnot, which I'm not against. I, I do like, uh, the way they've gone with most of the equipment. Um, I don't see a problem. And I mean, even for myself, as I've said uh, about myself and net, I always um, relied on my athleticism and, and not to toot my own horn. It's just the kind of goalie I was. I was not the biggest guy. And actually, by the time I was getting up the ranks and getting up there and, and trying to make that run towards the NHL, I was no longer considered a, a big goalie. I wasn't even considered probably an average height goalie. So... The way I played, the equipment, everything relied more on had to allow me to use my strengths, my flexibility, my athleticism, you know, all of these things, my dexterity. That's kind of where it came, you know, came in is having to overcompensate for things. I just, you know, I'm not as physically tall as the other guys. So it was part of the game, right? But nonetheless, those are just some of the big storylines going around. Uh, Panarin seems to be settling in um, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, Rangers. Uh, what else was there? Oh, and, and Truba, of course, scores against uh, uh, my beloved Jets uh, in our first, uh, in the game against <laughs> us. Of course, that was in New York, though, so it is what it is. And, I mean, we're seeing some emergence of some new rivalries now. Um, Calgary and L.A., Doughty and Matthew Kachuk uh, out there. The two of them uh, seem to be uh, trying to ignite a bit of a rivalry there. So we'll see. I mean, they are interdivisional teams. Uh, and that would, again, that would create fireworks. If we could get the two of them um, playing each other in a first round of the playoffs or a second round, fuck, that would be exciting. So some things there to think about. Uh, my Golden Knights are 2-1. and one. Nothing really to worry about or talk about there. I haven't really seen too much coming from them. Uh, but some interesting ones here are uh, Buffalo, again, off to a hot... St uh, I don't know why I had a bit of an accent there. But off to a hot start uh, this season. Uh, there was a period, I believe, last year, too, where they were the top team in the Eastern Conference. So uh, Buffalo's off to a 3-0-1 start. Carolina showing that making the playoffs, that they were the team that was supposed to get in last year, uh, is 4-0 to uh, start these um, playoffs. I mean, they did show it was no fluke. They got all the way to the Eastern Final. Uh, they're 4-0. And the Anaheim Ducks, uh, which are who are in an interesting kind of thing, they flew under the, way, um, under the radar a little bit last year. Um, 
they weren't very good at all. And the last couple of seasons have kind of flown under the radar. Uh, who did they get? They got absolutely uh, decimated by San Jose a couple of seasons ago in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but nonetheless, they're 3-0, and or 3-0-0. I think they're the real deal. And I've long said it does start in net. They are... I, I mean, I've been a fan... We can go back in past episodes. You can you'll hear it here. I've been a fan. I've been touting him, uh, the super. And he, this is what he was called. This is how I was introduced to him. The super prospect himself, John Gibson, uh, carrying that team in net. Uh, the guy's a fucking unreal goalie, and Anaheim Ducks off to a three and I'll start. And I mean, you get into the playoffs now, it's anybody's game, right? So. I'd like to see the Ducks make a good run. Uh, they always have been one of my favorite teams. Uh, and to see them uh, start 3-0, and uh, I like. And also, um, yeah, I mean, they lost Corey Perry. He's now in Dallas. I haven't really heard too much out of Dallas. It's tough after, in the first week. There's so many things to keep in mind and keep track of that it becomes kind of hard to stay in touch with all the storylines. And because I don't just focus on sports here, and this is all I do all day, um, just trying to keep, there's some of the things that I've been following along with. But nonetheless, uh, Anaheim Ducks are doing well. Um, uh, the uh, Kings looked bad yesterday. Um, and speaking of which, they played uh, the Vancouver Canucks, who unveiled their new team captain, who we had predicted uh, last week uh, would be uh, none other than Bo Horvat. They waited to do it uh, at their home opener, which was really nice. They had a really nice ceremony where they had the very first captain and the last captain of the team. Uh, present him with his uh, New Jersey in a neat uh, little Jersey exchange ceremony. So congratulations to Bo Horvat there. He seemed to be the clear pick. Uh, it seems to be a good pick. And Canucks just stomping the Kings 8-2 to yesterday. Uh, I love the Kings. But again, they've kind of been a team that's that have fallen off the map a little bit. They had a big step back last year uh, not making the playoffs. So them and Anaheim were, the two, uh, were two of the spots that... Uh, were given up last year in the playoffs, but nonetheless, it uh, it is what it is. Uh, the Kings got blown out. We have a new captain there, and of course, as we know, John Tavares is the captain over in Toronto. Uh, again, so many things can be said on the matter. I think he is a solid choice. It does, in the end of the day, make sense. You have Marner and Matthews. They're your two young stars. They're the future of the franchise. Tavares is going to be here for a while, too. You've built that core. You've established, really, all right, we've brought in the veteran leadership presence, and there's nothing wrong with that to lead this team of youngsters. Let's get it done. Let's get a cup. I like it. I like Toronto's chance, what they've done there. Again, it'll be interesting to see because, again, that second line isn't firing on all cylinders yet, but they're still 2-1-1. So we'll see how this plays out. They have a tough test uh, tonight uh, against Tampa Bay. So that'll kind of be an interesting measuring stick there a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs do have a captain there. Washington, uh, of course, doing well. But uh, James Neal's been a bit of a surprise. Um, not What isn't a surprise is that Austin Matthews is one of the goal leaders as well. I think he already has five on the season as well. I had said Matthews could have done 50 and 50 last year if he hadn't gotten hurt. I stand by that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Matthews can do this year. Uh, also, we've got, um, again, the James Neal thing. How long does this stay up? Now there's, you know, I was on overdrive yesterday. Something about, you know, could he get to 35 goals? There's a 25 to 30 goal season there 
I think as of right now. 35 and 40, I don't know. That will be a testament and an indictment of how fucking good McDavid is. But nonetheless, exciting start to the season. Um, still, I mean, t- plenty of hockey to be played. Uh, but it's winter here. I got to get out and start shoveling some snow. Anyway, I thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Thank you so much. Take care and bye bye for now.